This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome everyone, the Bastards are back for this emergency podcast. We're going to be going over some uh, trades and acquisitions that the Red Sox have made in the last several hours on this Monday evening. Quick disclaimer, as always, for any first-time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they are getting destroyed, especially in trades and acquisitions, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, Let's get rolling. I am Terry Cushman coming to you from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina by way of Wyndham, Maine. You can find me on Twitter at CushmanMLB. You can find the podcast account at Bastards underscore Boston. Joining us tonight from the city of Canton, Massachusetts, Jason Kelly. Jason? I'm doing pretty well. We all knew that a night like this was coming. Um, It's still a little bit shocking when you see the names and all the news come across your Twitter and across your phone um, as the night goes on. But like I said, we we all kind of expected it. I'm just glad that some moves were made. I'm not sure I'm happy with all of them, but obviously we'll get into that. So pretty eventful night, got to say. Also joining us tonight from the city of Providence, Rhode Island, Charlie Smith. I think you might be on mute, Charlie. <laughs> Who else would ever be on mute besides me? I'm just, it's good practice. Uh, anyways, great to see both of you. I feel like it's been a little while since I've seen both of your faces. Uh, happy that we got a win, but man, do we got some stuff to talk about tonight. We certainly do. Uh, I think our moods might be a little different uh, based on the situation. Uh, Jason, you kind of tipped your hand a little bit, but let's get into the Christian Vasquez trade. And actually, let me just run through it right now. So uh, the Red Sox got two players back from the Astros, one of them, Emmanuel Valdez. He's basically a super utility guy, plays first, second, and third base in both corner outfield positions, so does everything except catch and play shortstop. He's hitting a pretty robust uh, 327 batting average right now with a 410 on base and a 606 slugging percentage with 21 home runs. Uh, currently uh, across double A and triple A. They also got Willier Abreu in that uh, deal. He basically is primarily an outfielder, can play all three outfield positions. He's not quite hitting as well, but uh, he's hitting 249 right now with a 399 on base. That looks pretty good. A 459 slugging. He also has. 15 home runs and a whopping 23 stolen bases right now. He is currently in double A. That's the package we got back from Christian Vasquez. Those are their number 12 and 21 ranked prospects. So go ahead, Jason, your thoughts on that uh, trade. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think I, all of us expected Christian Vasquez to get traded this deadline. Um, the writing was on the wall. I'm a little disappointed that they couldn't package him with JD Martinez and get, you know, top five prospects from another organization. My guess is just reading the tea leaves early on is that teams didn't value 
JD Martinez all that highly. So I'm sure the the Red Sox tried to pair those two together and and you know sort of offload JD and Vasquez in the same package. And I'm sure a lot of teams like the Mets who are rumored to be in talks with them said, you know what, we have no use for JD Martinez, so we're good. Um, Red Sox decided just to trade Christian Vasquez on his own, and the return is you know right now it looks pretty decent. Um, again, Vasquez was kind of the guy I was the least willing to part with just because you have nothing in your catcher depth pipeline coming up that really looks all that exciting. Ronaldo Hernandez looks like he can't hit and Connor Wong, you know, he's, he's shown flashes here and there, but ultimately doesn't look like a, a future MLB catcher. That's at least going to be an everyday player and be productive for you. Um, I do like the two players in terms of how they profile that they got back. You got back two 23-year-olds who are athletic, who have a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. They can play multiple positions. Um, I like that profile. I like that they didn't just get, you know, here's a guy who's 6'5 and hits a ton of power, but he strikes out a lot, right? Because the thing that concerned me about all the Mets rumors is that they're rumored to get this guy who was – an outfielder slash DH like already this kid's a prospect hasn't even made a major league debut yet. And they profiled him as outfield slash DH who hits a lot of power and strikes out a lot. That sounds like Bobby Dahlbeck outfield version to me. So those rumors are a little bit concerning. I'm glad that they got two guys who are young, who are athletic hitting for a little bit of power. Valdez seems like he's a little bit closer because He's played 38 games at AAA, and he's hit close to 300. Um, Abreu is just now hitting in AA, and he's getting his feet wet. You know, it's not terrible. He's in 249. So, you know, they're, they're both kind of finding their own way, but it seems like Valdez is the guy who's maybe a little bit closer. I don't know if they're 2023 roster candidates. I don't think either of them are, but they seem like they're close. It, it's not like you acquired – an 18 year old who you got to wait till 2026 for him to be ready. So I don't mind the return. The return's pretty good. Um, Like I said, Vasquez was a guy that I was kind of on the fence on. Wasn't sure if I really wanted to deal him, but at the same time, didn't certainly would not give him a qualifying offer and wasn't sure if I was really committed to Vasquez for a long-term contract this off season. So I think ultimately they did okay. You know, it, it's it's not a trade that knocks me over and says, oh, my God, this is like an absolute steal. I mean, again, not a top 10 prospect in return, but you're giving up a catcher who's approaching his 30s, has had a lot of mileage on him, probably is not considered a top 10 catcher in Major League Baseball. So ultimately, I think they did OK. This trade doesn't bother me too, too much. It, Like I said, it doesn't knock me over. I'm not head over heels over it, but it doesn't bother me either. I, I think that I am did okay on this one. Charlie. Um, I, I'm actually kind of shocked that you don't think that Christian Vasquez is a top 10 catcher. I think he actually is a top 10 catcher in the league. I can think of maybe four or five other guys in the league um, that are maybe cons- that should be considered higher than him. You got, Wilson Contreras in Chicago, you have uh, Will Smith in L.A. Kirk is really good in Toronto, and he's in our division. Philly's got Real Muto. I think the Reds have Stevenson. So i probably put him in the top eight, really, maybe top seven. Um, he's, he's actually, I was shocked that we did get at least one in the top ten. But you already kind of mentioned you already mentioned a lot of of the information between the two. I agree with you on which player is going to come up first, and that's going to be uh, Emmanuel Valdez, who's sitting like you mentioned, close to three hundred in thirty eight games. He's had almost an RBI a game. He looks like he's almost ready. Is he stealing bases? No, but that's okay. At Double A, you still have Willier Abreu who is 23 for 24 in stolen base attempts. He has 15 home runs, 54 RBIs. He's hitting just under 250. Still plenty of time to figure it out. Um, Double A, I 
like Jason said, I think that we're at least a year plus away. I don't think 2023 is going to be a year where we see either one. If we see anybody, it'll be Valdez at the tail end of 23, but most likely 2024 we'll see one, if not both. Um, as for parting ways with Vasquez, this was not the first player that the first domino that I thought was going to fall. I thought this might've been the second, third, or probably one of the the latter pieces. I thought it was going to be a Valdi or JD first. When, when they mentioned Vasquez, I said, okay, who else? When it was just him, it was kind of a surprise. I put a tweet out. Is JD Martinez going to be gone before this game? Or is it going to be after the game? Majority of folks at the time said he was going to be gone before and JD's out running, stretching were 20 minutes before the game. Still hasn't left yet. So I was incredibly surprised that one of the Red Sox fan favorites was gone. But let me tell you, his resurgence where he refound himself, getting on base, getting singles, knocking people over, doing his job, a much better command of the starting rotation when healthy. Uh, he's he's going to make a name for himself over the next couple of years. He's going to be making 20 plus over the next two years. Easy wherever it is that he lands. But um I'm I'm excited. I want to remain a little bit positive for these prospects. I'm really hoping this isn't like Jackie Bradley for Hunter Renfro 2.0 because that would be devastating. I'm still kind of bitter, you know, from where I'm coming from right now. It's just painfully clear to me after seeing how today played out and how it's looking like tomorrow will played out. Heim Bloom at no point in mid June up until today wanted to improve the team. He didn't, he didn't want to do it. He was waiting for this moment so he could make a slew of moves. Like I said on last night's show, it was probably going to be his last chance to do something like this mid season. But I thought we could have been contenders I thought if you get Tommy Pham a little quicker, like I, we're going to get to him in a second, but are you telling me right now we couldn't have got him for the same deal three weeks ago and been that much better in your outfield? Like Heim Bloom waited and dragged his feet and couldn't have cared less about competing in 2022. And I'm just kind of bitter that we let him get his way. We let him get what he wanted. And yeah, these prospects are nice, uh, especially Valdez. I'm looking at his lines across double A and triple A specifically. He's hitting 296 right now in triple A and was hitting uh, 357 in double A. Uh, since arriving in AAA, and I'm going to admit right now, I'm not, I don't know which teams are which, uh, especially out West, but uh, he's hit 10 home runs already. He's got 159 at-bats. He could have 300 to 350 at-bats by the end of the season. So if you take that and then you take a good spring training, maybe he does make the opening day roster, especially if Bloom makes no outfield moves this winter all you have guaranteed for next year is kike hernandez and as much as i hate to say it jackie bradley jr apparently the phillies are interested in jackie bradley so let's all say a prayer before we go to bed tonight everyone at this table uh for the listening audience I, we have some guests listening in that are actually with me in person but we're agnostic so we might still say a prayer i don't know um, to get Vasquez off this team. But the outfield right now is is bad. And so one of my fears here could be maybe Bloom does plan on using Valdez next year. And what if he's a bust? What if he's just slow out of the gates, has to go back to AAA, get polished up? I'm not saying he's going to be a bust forever, but he could seriously set us back in 2023 if, in fact, this is what Bloom has planned. So uh, I'm a little bitter. Um, right before we came on, I caught that 20 second clip of Christian Vasquez and he looked like he was on another planet. He had no idea how to process the situation. It, it was, it was just too much for him all at once. The, the beat writers converged on him at the last second. Then Red Sox PR, whisked him away. He was wearing a Red Sox windbreaker, Red Sox hat. 
he had to go over to the second dugout. Do we know if he played tonight? I'm guessing not. I'm guessing they wouldn't have thrown him in there. He did not play. Okay. Um, I was I was out for most of the evening. But um, so that's where I'm at. And here's a fun fact for you. Christian Vasquez was the, the Red Sox best first baseman. He was the best first baseman. Do you want Franchi or, or Bobby at first base over Vasquez? who is playing adequately, who can who can give you a, a slappy opposite field shot into shallow right field and and drive in a run or get on base. We we just dealt a guy who had a, a really high baseball IQ. And it's just so ironic. He finally works so good with the pitching staff. And guess what? You know, pack your bags, kid. You're going to Houston. So that's my take on it. I'm bitter. We could still get Vasquez back next year on cheap money. We can talk about JD shortly. I mean, he could be the next to go. Um, who knows with Evaldi? But Vasquez wouldn't be given a qualifying offer for $19 million next year. The other two guys I just mentioned possibly could. So if you know, he, that made him the more likely to be traded, but Charlie, go ahead. Yeah. As far as your, what you're just talking about with Vasquez, there's one play in particular that made me really nervous. And when balls get sent into the ground on a bounce, you don't really have a warm, fuzzy feeling at first base at for Boston. There's a ball that John Schreiber had thrown. Uh, it was uh, Kyle Tucker who grounded it to the pitcher and he, looked defeated when he did it. He just kind of stared at the ground like, damn it. And he kind of slowly chugged out, kind of like Ramel Tapia uh, for Toronto when he hit that grand slam over Duran's head. And Schreiber threw it in the ground, and my immediate reaction was I close my eyes and I go, damn it. But Bobby Dahlbeck saved it. And that tied, that kept the game in our favor. If that goes the other direction, it's 3-3 right now. We're, we're not We're not tied. So uh, we're, we're actually down four to three because the very next two batters would have walked and that would have knocked in a run and then a single, which would have dro- driven in at least one. Um, so that was probably one of the more important plays of the game. Shriver had like a native Aldi grunt going on too. And I don't know if he was like really trying to like dial it in, um, but he was getting really pumped up over, over strikeouts to the same tune that I usually you know, kind of call out our, our opposing relievers. So I get it. But at the same time, try to, to temper your expectations, John, because we have a, still a, another 60 games to go. I don't want you throwing it on game 100. We still have 60 more. Um, that first base glaring hole, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So I'm curious to see what's going to actually happen because Bobby Dalbeck and Franchi at first base, that ain't it. That's not going to cut it. So we better not be done by tomorrow. Well, I mean, we're going to be glued to our phones all day. That's for sure. Um, And for what it's worth, the Houston Astros also acquired Trey Mancini earlier. I'm not sure what the plan is for him. He can play corner outfield, his more natural position right now is uh first base so i don't know if something's going on with yuli guriel or, or not but either way they have a very popular um you know addition in mancini so yankees made a slew of moves too what did they get uh they got frankie montas they got trevino who i think is uh isn't he one of their better uh relievers out there in oakland yeah, they got um, yeah Trevino, who was good last year. He struggled so far this year, but they're they're hoping to turn him around um, just to beef up their bullpen. And they got Scott Efros from the Cubs, who's having a pretty solid year. Um, slider sinker guy, if I'm not mistaken, he's controllable through 2027. So yeah, so. They definitely got that bullpen uh, beefed up and, and the rotation um, shored up as well. 
So, all right, next move. Now, if you got your kids in the car, this one's going to be a little dicey. You know, we're going to be talking about uh, a player who got caught doing something creepy, but Jake Diekman has been traded to the Chicago White Sox for Reese McGuire. Diekman was on a two-year, $8 million deal, so that's roughly, you know what, four four million per year. So Red Sox kind of get bailed out because that was kind of a I'm not gonna say Diekman was terrible, but it it, it was an awkward fit and it, it had the potential to be really bad. And so he goes on to Chicago and Reese McGuire, this is where it gets uh it gets a little uh I don't know, hinky. There's a million words you could use. He was caught uh, in 2020 um, choking his chicken is, is what I'm going with in the uh, in the in a public parking lot. Cops caught him in the act. He was arrested and charged with I don't have the exact charge, but um, you can't do that in public. And, and he did that. And and. Now he's a catcher for the Boston Red Sox. So I don't know if uh, if he's going to be limited to just fist bumps or, uh, you know, I don't know. We could go on all day about that. Jason, uh, go ahead. Thoughts on Reese McGuire? Yeah, uh, stock up on the hand sanitizer in the dugout, <laughs> just, you know, for whenever this guy's playing. Um, I mean, look, it, it's <laughs> – in all seriousness, I mean, this is a move that I I, I kind of feel indifferent about. I'm happy that they got out from the Deakman contract. Um, I, I didn't feel good about paying that guy any sort of millions next year. Reese McGuire is under team control for several years. He's got three more years of arbitration. He's only making 700 k this year. And based on his performance, he's not going to get any sort of pay bump if at all so he's cheap he's a cheap depth catcher he's i don't think he's an everyday guy you look at his numbers they're they're not very good um and chicago has had catching issues this year and he has not been able to seize that job so this is a guy who at one point with toronto looked like he was a good offensive catching prospect and um decided to get a little too happy with himself in his car and everything went off the rails after that. But I mean, seriously, he, he's just, he's 27 years old now. He really just hasn't caught on anywhere. Um, but the Red Sox have a whole catcher now and you know, whether it's McGuire and Connor Wong or whether it's McGuire, you know, Connor Wong, I think took a pitch off the hand the other day. So may not see him for a while. It could be McGuire and Plowecki for a little bit until the season roll, you know, rides out. Uh, Ronaldo Hernandez, I know, was on the taxi squad with the Red Sox this week. So obviously they were expecting to make some moves a catcher. Um, I just, Reese McGuire's no one to get excited about. So, you know, th this deal to me was purely a salary dump slash let's take a 27-year-old guy who's a catcher and can fill that position and hopefully a change of scenery works out for him. But I don't think you get it much out of this guy if anything at all so if anything it's a net positive because you don't have to pay jake deekman next year so we'll take that but otherwise not really a move to get all that excited about yeah i wasn't blown away um when i looked him up and i saw the video i posted it to the war room which is our group chat that we have uh just a private group chat on twitter um and yeah just Kind of a poor decision said that he was living in a space he was living in a studio so he didn't have any place private i'm guessing he didn't have a bathroom in there because like i i don't understand how you messed that up I, I just i don't get it um he apologized he pled nolo contendere whatever that is to reduce charge and only had to pay a fine and court costs so he got away with a little bit more than probably expected but jason already said it this is this is just like an added depth piece no one's gonna you know look to reese to be like yep you're gonna you're gonna be our everyday catcher this is just a a, a depth part there, there's nothing more to it 
as you guys already dis- discussed earlier, it's it's a it's a salary dump. It is what it is. We're just gonna call it out for what it is. The Red Sox are not gonna take this player seriously as as a starter, but three years of team control can help. Uh, he's not eligible to be a free agent until 2026, so we get three and a half years with him. So we'll just hopefully see if maybe we can turn him around and um, produce a, a little something, a little bit of magic out of him. Is it going to be a, a, a pure replacement for, for Christian Vasquez? No, that will not happen. But um, if you can get at least 5 10%, I would take that right now. So just looking at his baseball reference page right now, uh, he's never played more than 78 games in a season. And that, that season in particular was 2021, not a terrible year. As far as just hitting goes 253 with a 310 OBP, no power whatsoever. You're not going to get those Christian Vasquez clutch late inning home runs, uh, he's only got nine career home runs spread out over the five seasons he's played. So not not a ton there. The most doubles he's ever hit, that was also 2021. He hit 15 of them, uh, which I guess is pretty good for a backup catcher. But uh, you just got to hope that there's another move coming or that perhaps Connor Wong surprises everyone and can be that everyday guy. I think, I think Wong hit 28 home runs in the minors in 2019. So that's what made him kind of attractive in the Mookie deal, but uh, hasn't quite had that same power output. But I I mean, if you're telling me right now, Reese is going to be basically taking over for Ploiecki after 2022, I'd rather take my chances with Wong, uh, you know, unless uh, I, we know Andrew loves Sean Murphy, you know, with the, with the athletics, but who knows if they might package up some of the prospects we, we got today or what we might get tomorrow and maybe make a lateral move like that. But there's nothing to be excited about with Reese McGuire and, you know, with his with his arrest history and he's behind the plate, it, it might be fair to question whether his head's even in the game at times. <laughs> What's is this dude thinking about baseball or something creepy right now? Who knows? Who knows? But he's going to uh, be on the wrong end of those jokes for the rest of his career, however long that ends up being. But very uh, underwhelming. Uh We'll also get a player to be named later who will probably be someone who never sees the light of day. Um, That's usually how that works. And the White Sox might send cash back uh, depending on, you know, which way Bloom wants to go. Also today, I kind of touched on it earlier uh, in my Bloom rant uh, in in the open part of the show. We did get Tommy Pham. Uh, Fam is, from a performance standpoint, a um, a quality guy at times. Uh, can hit for power. Just a, a a really good hitter. I don't think I haven't pulled this page up yet. I don't think he's quite had a great twenty twenty two, but uh, typically has been a good player. Questionable off the field. He did get stabbed at a strip club, which is. Uh, you know, a lot of bad decisions happen around those clubs. He tends to get, he got, he got stabbed. Um, he also was in the weird controversy with Jock Peterson where they, where he actually, I, I don't know if he punched or slapped. He, he assaulted Peterson in, in some type of way before a game uh, while teams were doing their workouts on the field. Apparently there was some beef over a fantasy football um, league that they were in last year. And it kind of dragged on uh, throughout the week to the point where Jock Peterson was um, reading text messages verbatim over the drama that, that came out of that league. So, um, so 
character concerns, but uh, Jason, what were your thoughts on acquiring Fam finally, at least three weeks after we probably should have? Yeah, don't play fantasy football with Tommy Fam, or, <laughs> or else you're going to get Will Smith, and don't sit in a car alone with Reese McGuire. This is the Red Sox trade deadline in 2022. It's unbelievable. Like, just I am Bloom just identifying all the weird character guys. So um, we got Pee Wee Herman and Will Smith. Yeah, That's essentially. <laughs> yep, you got a pervert and you got a hothead. So nice. That that's good. That'll help your team. Um, yeah, the Tommy Fam trade. This one annoys me, and it probably shouldn't annoy me, but it does because you're getting a guy. You didn't give up anything to get Tommy Fam. You gave up, I think, a player to be named later and some cash to get him. So, you know, the re- the the return going back, I have no issue with that. Fine. But you said it, Terry. Like, what, why is this trade happening now when the Red Sox are, like, they're they're slipping out of it. They've they've had a complete nosedive through the month of July. You're telling me you couldn't have made this trade three weeks ago when you knew obviously you had an outfield issue because you decided to trade for Jackie Bradley Jr., who's the worst offensive player in MLB history. Jaron Duran has taken a step backwards. Quite frankly, Alex Verdugo is he's okay, but he's not setting the world on fire. You couldn't have made this trade weeks ago and helped bolster your outfield then. You decide to do it now when the Yankees have gotten better, the Astros have gotten better, these other wildcard teams around you have gotten better. Now you make this move. It's a little, it's too little too late. And I just don't think Tommy Pham is the piece that's going to get you over the hump, especially after you trade your starting catcher. And, you know, one of your bullpen arms, granted, he was an inconsistent bullpen arm, but the the part of this trade that annoys me so much is that after it happened, after the flurry of moves tonight, you hear High and Bloom say, well, the goal is still to make the playoffs. We still fully intend to make the postseason. Are you kidding me? You trade your starting catcher, who was actually one of your better offensive players, too. You trade a bullpen arm and you bring in. 34-year-old psychopath Tommy Tommy Fam, who's hitting, I think, 239 this year. And that's you're gonna sell your fan base that we still want to make the postseason. No, that's not a move you make to to show your fan base you're trying to make the postseason. It's just not. So, and this has been my fear with High and Bloom ever since he got hired, is is he willing to part with prospects to make that move to actually put his team over the hump and get them into the playoffs. And so far he he's proven that he can't do it. He's not going to do it. All these other teams are going to do it. Seattle did it. Seattle did it for Luis Castillo. The Yankees are going all in. Houston is going all in. I am Bloom sitting here going, well, I'd like a couple more prospects. And then, yeah, give me a 30 or 34 year old outfielder who's sitting 239. That'll do it. It's not good enough. So Despite the fact that you gave up nothing to get Tommy Pham, I just I hate the move because of what it represents. And what it represents is High and Bloom trying to sell this insane narrative to this stupid fan base that, yeah, no, we're still trying to make the postseason. We still fully intend to contend for the postseason. That's a joke. This team's not contending for the postseason. They're absolutely not. You don't sell your starting catcher. And then tell your fan base, yeah, we're still going to make the playoffs. And we still have a whole day to go. We don't know. Like For all we know, J.D. Martinez could be out the door too. There could be other moves coming. Nathan Avaldi could be out the door. So for him to sit there and say, well, hey, we got Tommy Pham. See, we're making moves. We're trying to make the playoffs. No, that's not enough. So I don't, I don't necessarily hate Tommy Pham. I think he's a complete psychopath. But – on the field, I don't hate the player. I certainly don't hate what you gave up. You gave up nothing to get him. But I hate the narrative that that move drives, which is we can sell our catcher. We can sell a bullpen arm. We have injuries out the wazoo. But, hey, we got this one outfielder who's having a below average year, and that pr- that's going to be what I use as the general manager to sell to the fan base that we're still trying to contend for the playoffs. That's laughable. It's as, it's absolutely laughable. So 
Um, I still don't think that the Red Sox are going to make the playoffs. And I don't think this move makes all that much of a difference. So, yeah, you got him for nothing, but it's not going to make any difference. Yeah. So just to add on to what Jason said, the Dodgers are going all in. The Padres division team also going all in. The Yankees, as we all have seen, going all in. The Astros are going all in. The Red Sox are going all over the place. Big difference. We're adding players that make absolutely no sense. When I see Tommy Pham, and I'm sorry for making this reference, I just kind of get Willie Mopena vibes. Like, he's going to be there, but he's not going to be anything super special. Um, And this guy already has baggage. Now we have our very own Manny Machado. You throw inside at Tommy Pham, and you might have someone charging the mound, probably with a bat. This guy's a nut. And I've said it multiple times on multiple tweets. I don't want this guy. Like, you are not, as Jason mentioned, you are not telling your fan base you are still in it when you get rid of Christian Vasquez and you bring in Reese McGuire. Sorry, Reese, but you're not a third the catcher that Vasquez was. This is the guy who's caught the fifth, I believe the fifth most games in Red Sox history. And we replace it with Reese McGuire, who has the same number of home runs in this year and last year that he had all in 2020, which was one. This is not screaming, yes, we're still trying. This has been salary dump city, but they're doing everything they possibly can to save face. And Terry and I have said this before multiple times. 2022 was an excuse year because the team overperformed in 2021. Last year's team never should have been in the playoffs. They never should have gone as far as they did, but they did. And now in this year, we're, we're just kind of living off of that hype, but paying for it much more direly than we ever had to because Heim Bloom didn't prepare the team in a proper manner. We didn't get proper signings. We got too many, as Terry's used that phrase, under the radar, sexy signings. I, I don't want those names. I want to go for someone who's big. We had opportunities for Carlos Rodon. We didn't get him. We had an opportunity, Kevin Gaussman. We didn't get him. But we got Rich Hill. And we got James Paxton, who we've already talked about recently, hasn't thrown a pitch yet. And I'm missing a couple of relievers. But still no one that says, yeah, this team is it. This is definitely a 2022 contender. I'm sorry. At this point, you need to sell. You have to fire sale. This is going to be a really ugly rest of the year. Everyone's going to be upset. This team isn't going anywhere. It's really sad. It's really, really sad. I want no part of Tommy Pham. I was begging. They're saying Red Sox or Mets. And I said, please, Mets, please, Mets, please, Mets. And I'm going down the list. And everyone's like, please, not New York. We don't need another head case. Please, I hope he's going to Boston. And where does he go? Boston. So we seem to be making moves for dumb players, getting rid of fan favorites. So it's really anybody's guess what Heim Bloom is going to do next. Make more moves. Stop. <laughs> Spin the bottle. Who knows? I can tolerate Tommy Pham for the remainder of this season. I would hate it immensely if Bloom talked himself into, uh, you know, bringing him back for 2023. He's just, he's not a good guy in the clubhouse. Part of me also hopes that there's some type of controversy this year that kind of hammers home what I'm saying. You know, this isn't a guy you want in your clubhouse for 162 games. You don't want him negatively influencing guys like Tristan Casas, who will be coming up and a guy like Jaron Duran, who's already up. So hopefully it's just a cup of coffee. He, he does well for us. And then we move on next year. We've got a lot of money coming off the books. So, Go find another outfielder. You're probably losing Kike. I, I don't think we really want him back if if we can't be assured that he's going to be healthy. Uh, apparently, he is starting to swing a bat and might be back. Uh, you know, in the middle to later part of the month, he did have a PRP injection in his hip. But yeah, Charlie, there's going to be over fifty million of of money to spend this year coming up. You got almost 40% in David Price off the books alone. That's 16 million. Walk, I think, is getting eight. Five. Is it eight million? I thought it was five. No, it's eight so million. 
it's eight, Jason. Yeah, you shake. Yeah, okay. So you got eight there. That's twenty-four. Paxton got six. That's thirty. No, he's back he next can, year. Is he back next year? I thought it was a two-year deal last year and this year. I, I missed well, it. This year, next year. Okay, so eight point three seven five or something like that. Eight point five something in the, in that range. I forget how it went. It might it might be around ten. Yeah. So you got that. You're not worrying about Deakman. That's four million off the books. There's a couple other players that are probably JD. not going to be re-signed. JD is also not going to be back. That's another twenty plus million. So you're looking over fifty million that you can spend on some top tier talent. If we don't get anybody next year and you still haven't re-signed Devers, how do you as Hyam Bloom address not only the media but your team and your fans and say we're doing everything here in Boston that we possibly can to be a contender a winner because the the Tampa Bay BS methods don't always work Tampa Bay hasn't won a world series yeah they're a pitching factory but guess what that's not Boston we we have a bank and we're not using it for some odd reason we're just staying pat and it's unacceptable and it won't stand Fans are going to be calling for some major changes. Um, I'm just going through some tweets right now. Devers did say this week that he was very relieved that he was told ahead of time that the Red Sox wouldn't uh, trade him. So hopefully you kind of take that and, and maybe look towards the winter and maybe Devers will take an extension seriously. Like, look, I want to stay here and I don't want to be shipped off like Vasquez was. And perhaps JD, uh, if that happens on Tuesday, but, um, so uh, that's one thing I took from it. Uh, Chris Cotillo had a tweet. Let me find it. Uh, eight minutes ago says the Red Sox are trying to put, on happy faces after a win, but it's not exactly a celebratory clubhouse. Uh, one uh, veteran told a beat writer uh, after he was asked for comment, the, the player simply said, not in the mood tonight. So they're not uh, jumping up and down and, you know, that they just beat a, a potential World Series contender tonight. We'll see. Uh, let's talk about Nathan Avaldi real quick before we go. He went, I think, seven innings or six and one-third, six and two-third. Pitched pretty deep in the game. Only gave up two runs. His value might have went up in the next 24 hours. Teams might be looking at him as maybe a consolation prize to a Carlos Rodon who is out there and probably would be coveted. Maybe maybe Evaldi could be the cheaper route. I really don't know, and I have to believe that Hein Bloom's going to be asking for a lot. But he's certainly going to have a lot of interest in the next twenty four hours. Well, and the thing too is now that Montas is off the board, any teams that missed out on him are going to now pivot to Evaldi. They're going to pivot to Rodon, like you mentioned. So the Yankees got their guy. They got Montas. Um, obviously, I think Montas, maybe teams value above Ivaldi, although he's had some injury problems this year. Um, so now it really comes down to, we look at the starting pitching market. It's Ivaldi, Rodon. I know there's a few other guys out there, but I think Ivaldi's probably top of that list. So I think Montas getting dealt probably helped the Red Sox a little bit because other teams who maybe missed out on him are now going to pivot to Ivaldi. And they'll say, okay, well, Red Sox just sold their starting catcher. They just sold the bullpen arm. So if they're in sell mode, which despite what anyone in that stupid organization tells you, the Red Sox are in sell mode, other teams are going to come calling. And they're going to say, hey, we'll give you our number, I don't know, call it number eight prospect for Nathan Avaldi. If you're high in bloom, you can't ignore that. You, you can't turn that down because I'm sorry, like, if you don't accept the fact that the Red Sox are too far out of it, I don't want to say the season's over per se, but again, you just trade your starting catcher. You just trade your everyday catcher. Like that's, that's not a move you make if you're really serious about contending for the playoffs. So 
if a team comes calling and they're willing to give you a pretty good deal for Nathan Avaldi, you have to take that. If you're, if you're high and bloom, like that's a no brainer. I hope he does it. I, I have a sneaky, like nightmarish feeling that he won't because I think high and bloom looks at Nathan Navaldi as a qualifying offer guy. So he's going to give him the QO and go from there. But if teams come calling and they give you good packages, you've got to, you've got to really look into that. So um, I think JD and Navaldi are the two guys to really watch for tomorrow because I think both of, if not, at least one of those guys is going to get dealt. Charlie. I'm, um, you know, like one of the things that I said at the beginning of this show was uh, that I was surprised certain people got dealt already. I, I will go on the record as saying that I didn't think that Vasquez was going to be the first name gone. Um, I partially didn't think he was going to go. Um, I thought JD was going to be arguably the first one to, to be missing. And the reason why I felt that way, as far as some of the names was because Vasquez was saying like, we're really close. Like we, we feel like we're, we're a contender here. And then he, he's the first one gone. I, I don't know. I think that Nate Evaldi, like I, I said earlier that I thought Evaldi was going to go to Houston. Evaldi didn't end up getting shipped out. He ended up making his one more start against Houston and, and increased his value, which is incredible. We know that Devers isn't going anywhere. We know that Xander's not going anywhere. I truthfully do not know what Heim Bloom is thinking because making some of the additions that he's made, it, it begs the question of what direction are we really going in? So truthfully, I, I don't really know what I can say. I think that JD will probably be gone tomorrow. I think Evaldi will be gone tomorrow. But then again, with High and Bloom, no one really knows. Everyone could stay, and we might not make any moves tomorrow, which would leave a lot of fans really PO'd. Because if the major move that we made was Christian Vasquez, after everything that was said, discussed, a lot of people are going to be pretty upset and they're going to be calling for for Heim to be gone and I know Jason want to say something yeah I just like as you were talking about you know you're not sure what Heim's going to do next and we're talking about you know what this Red Sox team's going to look like going forward I think this tweet from this from Marley Rivera of ESPN it kind of shows you the team mentality right now she tweeted out how well liked is Christian Vasquez he's at the team hotel and because of that, quite a few players, including Bogarts, Devers, and Matt Barnes, rushed out post-game so they could see him and spend time together tonight. That is the kind of thing that that's a team that knows that they're done. They're not competing this year. That that's not the actions of a team that's like, okay, we're gonna, it sucks, but we're gonna press forward and we're gonna compete this year. No, that's the actions of a team that knows that. Hey, we just trade away a core piece. Our season's pretty much done. So, yeah, we should just head back to our separate rooms and get ready for the game tomorrow. But you know what? We're going to go spend time with Christian. And we're going to hang out. And, you know, again, those names, Bogarts and Devers, went over there. Like, those are two guys whose futures are very uncertain right now under the Kyan Bloom era because – they could both be gone. They could both be back. We don't know. We hope they're both back. But for all we know, like Charlie said, you have no idea what Haim's going to do. So it's just that's very telling to me that a contention of players like that, including two of your team leaders, in fact, probably the two team leaders, if we're really thinking about it, went over there to spend time with a player that just got traded. That That's not a team that's looking to compete. That's a team that knows – we're done. We're getting ripped apart. And, you know, they're all just trying to figure out what their future is going to be. And it's, it's depressing to say that, but it's the reality. Nobody knows what's going to happen now. Well, I'll wrap it by saying 
if you trade Nathan Avaldi tomorrow, and I would say there's a 70 to 80% chance it happens, yeah, you're not competing. Your season's over. There's no way to sell me on it. He just basically dominated a team that's capable of winning the World Series tonight. And that's a pitcher that other teams are going to want because they're like, we might have to face these guys. And I know this guy can pitch against them. He he's been a Yankee killer in the past. He's going to be attractive to so many teams. So I think he's, he's traded. And at that point, I'm not going to care what happens with JD. Charlie, you're on mute. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'll say this. When Evaldi did make the start, I thought, okay, he's not going to get moved. As soon as he finished the start, he was gone. He's gone. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you you can't not. Houston is one of the one of the elite teams in the league. It is one of the four core teams that continue to play patty cakes and you know what games, bleep bleep games, trying to add more players than the other team was doing. Yankees were adding, Houston was adding, Houston would add, New York would add. As far as I'm concerned, the four best teams right now, we just talked about them. Houston, New York, Dodgers, San Diego. Those are the only teams that took it super, super serious by making additions. And here's the thing. Those four teams aren't done yet. They are not done yet. And as far as I'm concerned, we were in sell mode, not trying, as soon as you discussed letting go of Christian Vasquez. That's it. Done. Done, as Charlie said. So we are going to wrap on that. We will most likely be back tomorrow night to discuss what other moves did get made. And um, we'll just see you then. We do have Hot Take Tuesday loaded and in the chamber I'm probably going to push that back to the later part of the week. It's just kind of a, a weird week. And with the deadline being on a Tuesday, it just complicates it even more. That show will be released eventually, but uh, you got this one for today and, and one more trade deadline show tomorrow. Everyone have a great Tuesday. Take care. <laughs>